Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly Shonen Jump manga podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. Today we read the Shonen Jump issue that came out on February 24th, 2019, as well as Yona of the Dawn by Mizuhu Kusunagi. And I actually quite liked Yona of the Dawn. Yeah, we'll get into more of that later. But... Yes, we will, but first we have the Shonen Jump stuff. So shall we just jump right into it, Kevin? Let's do it. Despite just saying that, if you're new, every week we read 10 chapters from Shonen Jump. We only did nine this week, actually, because My Hero Academia is on break. Just for the week, though. Yeah, I know. But it's well, it's lost was felt. Yes. As well as one of the monthly titles, and then we read a full collected volume of something. Despite it being March, we are ending February, since we took a week off because I was deathly ill, with one last romance comic that's... Almost transitions into the theme for next month. Almost. Not really. Uh, it's a fantasy world. Yeah, it's the closest of any of the ones we read this yes. month. But let's start with Dr. Stone, Z equals 95, First Contact, which is the chapter I wanted to talk about this week. I know you've been kind of cold on Dr. Stone. not Maybe not even cold. Lukewarm on Dr. Stone, Kevin. So what did you think about this chapter? I actually kind of liked it. So this chapter opened up with, apparently this is the two-year anniversary of Dr. Stone. So they are doing a character, character poll. poll. And if you fill out the poll, you get a chance to have yourself immortalized in the anime as one of the petrified people in the background, which is pretty sweet. They say specifically the Japanese poll. Yes. Which makes me think there is an English poll somewhere, but they did not link to it or anything. Yeah. I know with My Hero, they do English character popularity polls. They they might do it with Dr. Stone, or it might just be you have to be Japanese in order to enter. But I still think that's pretty cool that somebody's going to... We're going to turn you into a statue, which is pretty neat. If you like Dr. Stone, you get to be in the anime. So this chapter starts out with what we were talking about last week that Kevin was not super into, the pig leading them to the oil. Yeah. So they get oil, finally, after, like, I guess not that long, really. No. There were lots of side diversions, but most of them made sense. Yeah. That one, it almost felt a little weird, because it's literally, like, the second or third page in, it's like, we found oil! Yeah, well, they set up that they were going to last week, and they have to get to this big reveal at the end, instead of yeah. ending on a triumphant note. Yeah, and I get that. It would just, it felt weird that it was like... Oh, we found oil immediately. Now we got to do something else. And it was just a weird pacing bit in the middle of the chapter. Not that I didn't like the chapter. I was just like, oh, and they just immediately found oil. Like It has been about 10 chapters they've been looking. So it didn't yeah. feel that immediate to me. And if they just found oil, that would be a triumphant chapter end. And you kind of don't want to end any chapter of manga on a triumph. Yeah. Because you want people to come back next week well no i was expecting it a little bit more in the middle like there was going to be like one small hiccup yeah. for finding oil and i was like ha we found oil the weird small hiccup is that now this person is friends with this pig and doesn't want them murdered for pork yes and Senku's like it's fine you can have a pet pig it'll be good for morale yeah because the chef or butler butler or, chef he's but a chef now i can't remember their name i'm gonna say their name because they're Ambiguous. ambiguous senku kind of not tricks her into letting the pig go but like he shows that he wants to let the pig go and so they're like oh yeah it kind of reeks of oil so it's not going to make good cuisine anyway so we're not going to eat it yeah 
So then Senkyo immediately makes a motorboat. Yes. And is like, hey, we got to go out to sea because I want to invent GPS to make it easier to navigate travel across the earth. And we can't send satellites up, so we're just going to use a really powerful radio. Which they also just suddenly have. The motorboat thing at least made a bit more sense because yeah, the the motor was repurposed from freezing Tsukasa. Yeah, and I also feel like Senku could whip up a motorboat in an afternoon. I know that's impossible, but... No, it was more like the craftsman. I'm assuming that old craftsman guy built the boat and yeah. Senku because he was like, oh, I just repurposed the motor, so it wasn't actually that difficult. Yeah, uh, but they just have a radio tower, too. Yeah, that was that was kind of like, oh yeah, we're gonna make this big radio tower, and it's done. I uh, in the explanation of me telling you what we're going to do. I actually didn't pick up on that while I was reading it, but now that you mention it, yes, it is a very conveniently appearing radio tower. Yep. So Chrome is talking to the girl he liked in the past over the radio. They're kind of on both ends, being teased about how they should make something happen. Yeah. But the moment they flip on the GPS like locator thing they just get a screeching message it just says why i don't think specifically it was it wasn't right when they flipped on the gps thing it was right when they had she started the conversation like the one guy was kind of being like hey girls can make the first move too so she's like all right i'm gonna contact chrome and then literally as she started saying whatever it was part of it is cut off with the sound bubble of the screech and they're like, oh, we're getting some weird feedback. And the Super Ears guy notices that, no, it's something else. We're intercepting another signal. And after a little bit of deliberation, they find out that it's Morse code going why over and over again. Just why, 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 why. And it's like represented with this demon skull that looks like what they'd throw on a TV if they wanted the impression that demons had taken over it before yes. it flipped out. And we just get really good reaction shots from everybody, and that's how the chapter ends. Yeah, it was a pretty good chapter ending. I like that turn of there seems to be someone else here. Or something else. Or, or something I, else. I feel yeah. like it's the aliens that caused all this, personally. Totally possible. But we finally have like an antagonist in Dr. Stone, which is really what it's been missing. I really like. For the last little bit, yeah. I mean, they had Tsukasa's Empire yeah. that were an antagonist for a while. but But since I started reading. Yeah, and that's... I remember that's what we were talking about of what are they going to be doing? Just fighting Mother Nature? That seems that will run itself into the ground quick, especially with the fact that they kind of just, we have a radio tower now. I have a motorboat now. Like, we don't see them struggling anymore. They've kind of reached industrialization. Yeah. They just can just have a radio tower if they want one. Yeah. So this is nice that we're getting some kind of antagonist, we think. So that brings us to One Piece Chapter 934. Hyogoro the Flower, which is a title that does not make sense to me now that I've reread it after reading the chapter. You mean it does make sense no, to you? No, it doesn't. Who is Hyogoro? He was in the chapter. Was he? Who is he? He's the old man. Oh, okay. That makes sense. In the prison. He's that like, was my guess, honestly. He literally I says, I, when I was Hyogoro the Flower. Like, okay, he says who he sense. is. Anyway, it starts with the Big Mom Pirates, like, oh, Mom's still alive, and kind of arguing over who should be the leader now. Yeah, and then General Smoothie is like, no, there's no way Mom's gotten captured, so we should not quite try and find her, but like we should just sit tight and she'll figure a way out of this. She's not beaten yet. And Katakuri is not with them, or at least not that we see. No, he doesn't appear to be on the ship. Although he could just be below deck snacking. Totally possible. 
We then cut to Momonosuke, who's like practicing sword techniques, and the horse centaur lady, or no, it's not, it's uh, Kinomon's girlfriend, never mind. Yep. Is like, hey, where did you learn that battle cry? He's like, oh, Zoro does it all the time. She's like, do not use that one. Does Zoro actually use that all the time, or is that something that, because that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, is that his battle cry, or is that something that he's picked up kind of recently? Um, that we haven't seen, like, he picked up during the time skip, maybe. I'm not sure, because we only see Zoro, like, we see a flashback to Zoro using it and telling Momonosuke about it. But I'm not sure if it's something he's always used or if it is. Because I, I cannot remember him using it. Neither can I, but I don't usually take much note of the grunts. Yeah. So I'm I'm just wondering if it was something he picked up during the time skip. And we're probably going to learn more about it since they I suspect we will, light to so. it. But I was trying, I had that moment of... Wait, am, am I supposed to know what this means, or are they just hinting at something that's going to come later? Like, did I miss an Easter egg, or is this foreshadowing? Yeah. So then we cut to the characters that were in the mansion last week to see that they're okay now. Nami, Brooke, Robin, uh, the ninja, and I feel like there's someone else with them, but I think it's just those four. Usopp's there. Usopp, that's it. I knew there was someone else. Oh, we also forgot with Momonosuke, it's Chopper and Big Mom are also with him, and oh, they're yeah. all riding like a giant alligator. And we get, uh, we finally get a map of Wano, of like what the districts look like, and they're all, it's like a video game land where every district is separated by a giant river, and they each have their own unique climates. Yeah, it's also kind of like Japanese islands, though, just on a country yes. instead of separated by ocean. Yeah, I just thought that was neat. We have some a couple of funny moments of Big Mom looking at Chopper being like, I'm hungry, and him saying, no, stop looking at me like that. So th- we find out the Straw Hats escaped, and they are like, hey, the Orion's funeral is tomorrow. So we don't know if she actually died or not yet, but she's definitely having a funeral. Yes, so there's that way. Everyone that wasn't there thinks that she's dead. Yeah, because it's actually Sanji. Yes. That is sit- talking about this with a law. And they also find out that Kid broke out of jail Yes, from the paper, but there's no mention of Luffy. Yep. We also have another great little joke of Sanji holding his suit soda can, or suit can, whatever you want to... Canister. It's like a science canister. Yeah, his special new suit. And he starts every single word bubble with women's bath, and then like going on to what he says, and eventually he's just like, oh, by the way, do you know where I can find a women's bath? And I think it's... I can't I remember. It's Law who's like, yeah, you need to focus on more important things. Yeah. I just thought that was great where it, just him looking at that thing going like women's bath. What? I'm sorry. We were we were doing something in the conversation. Then we cut to the prison where Hayagar the flower is eating a bunch of food and the guards are like, hey, you can't have possibly earned all that food. Yeah, that's the old man that Luffy had been yeah. giving his meal tickets to. Yeah. And he's like, when I was Hayagar the flower, otter and stuff. And Luffy shows up to protect him. Yep, but we don't see exact like Luffy is literally jumping into the frame, and then we cut to lead what? performer Queen, who has arrived yes. somewhere. Dot dot dot. So Freddie Mercury's here, and yes. he's going to entertain. He's going to join the revolution, or the Orochi. Probably the Orochi. Kind of an unfocused chapter, just a lot of, and that's where everybody is right now. Yeah, I still liked the little bits of it, so. Like I said, I liked the thing with Chopper and Big Mom. I liked the thing with Sanji. Yeah. The jokes are always good in One Piece. It was just kind of a very 
like meandering chapter. A little bit, but I want to see what's happening with Luffy. I want to see what's going to go with what's going to happen with Big Mom next. So it like that. Yes, but that was true for me all of last week. Like this is the most that the One Piece manga since we've started reading it has felt like the anime. And where it's just like, let's stretch this all as long as we can. I guess. But I am still excited for next chapter. I just wish this had focused on something. I gotcha. Or revealed something new. Other than this character you don't know about showed up. Yeah. Which brings us to the Promised Neverland chapter 124. Tell us. We find out that the three dudes in Norman's room are Sislo, Barbara, and Vincent. Yep. And they're all like Norman super fans almost. We're yeah. like, oh my god, are, do you have any embarrassing stories from when he was a kid? Like, tell us as much about you as you can. Please, please, please. Yeah, well, and they're trying to intimidate Ray and Emma. Two of them are, and the third one is just like, yeah, Vincent, chill, guys. Vincent's being chill, but he's he's the one explaining, like, no, they're actually super in love with Norman, who they call Minerva James, and then he's like, oh yeah, they're trying to intimidate you because... They feel they initially felt that Ray and Emma had more of a connection to the boss than they did, and so they were jealous. jealous. Yeah, so they're like, huh, no, there's no like stories about him wetting the bed until he was 10 or anything. Yeah, but then they do go into some stories. Yeah, and like we don't see them because presumably there's stuff we've seen before. It's possibly, or it's just one of those tricks of I didn't want to actually come up with some embarrassing stories, so I just went into then we went into some embarrassing stories and them laughing about it afterwards yeah so they're starting to get kind of uh friendly and barbara's like yeah i just love killing demons it's my killing favorite and- thing to just kill demons also i eat their meat <laughs> yeah i was like killing and eating demons as she says as she's eating something and so emma has this like so then that's mm-hmm, demon meat and she's like hey why aren't you super into killing demons yes do you not want to kill demons yeah do you do you feel remorse for demons and she's like, well, even if you had some weird plan about convincing the boss not to kill some demons, it's too late. He moved the timetable up. He just went to go kill some demons. Yep. And we see the last page is Norman apparently making an alliance with some demons. Called the pawn. Because yeah. they say he went to go see the pawn. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is going to be a chess game metaphor. Probably. That's or- been a kind of running theme for Promise Neverland. Gotcha. I haven't noticed, but also I'm. Well, I, when game. I say kind of a running theme, like you mean they, chess specifically, chess like specifically, like they so they it's had more to, motif than a yes. Yeah, so there we go. A motif is a much better word for it. Gotcha. Pretty good chapter of Promise Neverland. I really like how it went from tense to funny to super tense again. Yeah, that was great. And the demon bit meat bit is good. And then I'm like reinforcing Emma's doubts. So like, why aren't you super in the murdering demons? Yep. And I also like that they were like, oh yeah, your whole plan to. Talk to Norman about this big secret that could potentially ruin his entire plan is totally moot because he's already gone. Yeah. And I just kind of see Ray and Emma being like, oh, that, that's probably bad. Like, we weren't trying to tell him to stop, but he probably doesn't. He needs to know these things. Yeah. So a pretty good chapter. Again, Promise Neverland has been really good lately. Yeah, this is a really solid one. Which brings us to Chainsaw Man Chapter 11, Compromise. So it starts with Denji waking up in a hospital. Yep. Like, hey, you're armory attached. After we gave you a blood transfusion. He's like, oh, cool. Like devils do. Yes. Um, he's like, hey, you're a devil too. He's like, no, I just have a contract with a fox devil. I feed it parts of me. That's, For power. That's, I was like, that's how devil hunters do it. Yeah, I was like, wow, that sounds rough. Yeah, he's like, I fed it some of my skin. And then she's like, that sounds like it sucks. Yep. 
And he's like, hey, I will overlook that you took power out when you weren't supposed to and left your patrol route. But in exchange, you have to do whatever I say. Well, he was more trying to imply that power had done something to Denji and that Denji was covering for her. Yeah. Yes. Which is what happened. Yeah. Power tried to kill him. But Denji's like, nah, it's all good. Yeah, it it was a lot more because they were like, we found a bunch of your blood at the site where the bat demon was found. He's like, and we should probably put power down. Yeah. So it was more than just, oh, you took her out of her patrol route. It was like something really bad happened. It was like, yeah, she essentially gave him up to die, but Denji's covering for her. So Denji's like, yeah, fine, I can do that. But even though my like dream isn't as grand as yours, I'm going to try as hard as you. I'm going to be useful. Yep. So then... Samurai Suka, I'm doing it now because our binder is on the floor and I haven't put it in the new binder yet. Calls. You just need to get it in the new binder so that's not impossible. See, here's the problem is the new binder was an add item and I didn't realize it. So I'm like, Amazon, where's my binder? Like, oh, we didn't send it to you. Oh, it's it's literally not here. I got you. And I'm like, thanks, Amazon. You sent me everything else I ordered. But you're like, you can't do that one. So Samurai Suka, who is Aki, calls Makima. is like, hey, so what do you want me to do? She's like, ah, you're a good leash for power and Denji, so I'm going to have them live with you. It'll be fine. Yeah, well, Denji had already been living with them, but she's like, we're also going to have power move in with you. Yeah, and power is a terrible roommate, basically. She doesn't bathe. She doesn't flush the toilet when she takes a poop. She, what was the third thing that she does? I don't remember. I remember it definitely was three things. Yeah, and it was like power going like, I'm not the type of person that washes regularly. And Aki being, you need to wash regularly. And then you're going, you stink. And then the same thing with the poop was like, I don't do this. You need to do this. You stink. Yeah. And I there, I know there was a third one. I do too, but I don't remember what it was. I guess it wasn't that important. Uh, Miyami moves in with her too, which is cute and important. Yes. And the chapter ends with her being like, hey, I made a promise so you can touch my chest. Yeah. And her being, because at first Denji, he's been doing this for a while. Like, I hate this person. And then she's like fondling herself going like hey aren't you excited and he's like she's angelic <laughs> yeah so yeah that's chainsaw man and speaking of girls and chests i guess next we have we never learn question 100 the ice flower dances with x at twilight part one or have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight part one sure i actually like this chapter a lot i was hoping we were going to get something good for chapter 100 and it at least looks like we're starting another going storyline which are my favorite bits of we never learn this is a pretty decent like the cliffhanger at the end is kind of a a big deal so yeah that's a lot of what set me over but also it starts with yugia and his sensei like running like they're in an action movie yes and then it's like flashback to yesterday and his sensei's on the news giving an interview about teaching and yeah i guess she used to be a figure skater is that previously yes. established yeah, the her little sister, the one who's helping her out, who's uh, hopelessly in love with her. We learned about it the first time she showed up. Gotcha. That his sensei used to be, she's, she's like, you need to come back to figure skating and quit the stupid teaching thing. Yeah. Well, that's how this chapter ends, too. Spoilers. Yeah. So, some YouTuber who is a big fan of her as an ice skater take the video footage from the interview and basically did a big retrospective video. Yeah, and then started posting a bunch of old figure skating footage of her so now that sh- suddenly she's an internet celebrity yeah and everyone shows up to her apartment winning her autograph all of a sudden yeah and her sister's even like i don't know how they found out but 
there's a bunch of people at the apartment right now, so you probably shouldn't be home right now. Yeah. So she ends up bumping into Yugia because of course, and then shenanigans. Well, first Yugia saves her from being chased down. I think it, it might have just been some news reporters that found yeah. her. Like he drags her in, I think, to the like maid cafe where he works. But it seems yeah. like it's just a cafe. I think it was the maid cafe where he works, or maybe because I think he works at two different cafes. I think that he works be. at a maid cafe and then he works at like a regular cafe. So it might have been that one. So she orders a drink for two, and they're forced in air quotes to drink it together. Yeah, well, he's like, I'll have a tea, I think, and she's trying to hide her face from the waitress, so she just points at the menu and says, I'll have this, and it ends up being some romantic lovey-dovey couple's drink, and so she would feel super awkward drinking it by herself, apparently, and less awkward drinking it with Yugiha, her own student. Mm -hmm. Sure, that's how shenanigans work. Yes. So then she gets dressed up in, like, a Hollywood disguise with glasses and, like, a French beret, Yeah. but she can't go home because of all the reporters. So, I think it's just a bunch of random people, not necessarily okay. reporters, but there's a ton of people at her house, so she essentially ends up going on a date with Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, at the arcade. They play a crane game together. Yes. They have to, like, team up. They don't have to team up. She's just win, like, I can't get... Well, she's like, I can't get the timing down, so let's push the button together. He's like, how does that make any sense? And then end up winning, and she was like, it was our combo move! So then she gets a call from her sister at the end. After she talk, after the important part where she talks about to Yu-Gi-Oh about how he shouldn't try to be a teacher when he's giving up this scholarship he worked so hard for. It wasn't that she was like, you shouldn't be a teacher. It was like, you shouldn't give up the scholarship. You've been working so hard for it. Why should you give up on that? When her little sister calls her, she's like, hey, so my figure skating boss totally wants you to be part of the show so you can finally give up this worthless teaching dream you have. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... A cliffhanger. It's not even a cliffhanger. It's like an ironic slam to Yu-Gi-Oh who cannot even hear it. Well, the cliffhanger is her asking Yu-Gi-Oh what do I do? Oh. Like, she's like, I don't know what to do. And she says that to him while they're they're sitting on one of the... Romantic hills? Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the hills overlooking like a river somewhere in Japan that I see all over the place in anime. But since I live in the middle of essentially a desert... We don't have any of those. No, we don't have nice hills. I mean, we have some nice hills. They don't generally overlook a river, like running through the town. Yeah, that does sound weird when you put it like that. We have a creek, I guess. Yeah, but it'd be like, honestly, the way it looks is like American drainage canals. But instead of concrete, there's grass. So you can like sit on the sides of these drainage canals and it looks much nicer than an actual drainage canal but that's what it feels like they, they, they have rivers running through their cities so, so that was, we never learned so that brings us to uh hellward and higuma chapter nine kitsune part three Ugh, titles just ignore uh, them i can't I, it's my duty to sell to tell the people which specific Listen, chapter we're talking about i put it in the show notes so you don't have to say it nope i gotta say it so then this is all on you Yes. I'm, ju I'm just putting that out there. Look, I, it's called mental illness for a reason, Kevin. So Higuma can't fight the Kitsune without hurting the girl he's possessing. Yep. And we keep cutting to this. I don't know if it's a flashback or like her internally on a swing telling Higuma that she doesn't want to go home because she's jealous of her sister. I think it was a flashback. Yeah, I think so, too. But it's not very clear. A lot of this chapter just isn't clear to me. I really like the ideas in it. Yeah. But there's a lot of kind of muddied art and like unclear story flow. A little bit, yeah. So Higuma just starts telling him that 
basically he's a child, and we find out that apparently the best way to fight a spirit is with a sound argument. A sound moral argument. Yes. And then he's able to punch him so hard he flies out of the girl, I think. Again, this yes. is where it's really not clear. Whereas he's attacking Ayaha and Higuma's other friend because they've shown up on the sidelines to help Yeah, by standing and watching. They mentioned that Higuma can't use his more powerful weapons, because, weapons it'll hurt her. because it'll hurt her. So he has to use a weaker one. But because he's using a weaker one, the Kitsune is able to see. He's like, he immediately knows that I'm just trying to get him out of this girl. So he's fighting in such a way that that's impossible, essentially. And he's even like, hey, you just have to cut off my arm. Yeah. It'd be fine. People survive having their arms cut off all the time. Yep. But I do kind of understand the best way to defeat a demon is the, the sound moral yeah, argument. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. It's just, I wish the art afterwards was more clear. Like, the Kitsune attacks Ayaha, like I said, but then it comes to him, like, being punched out. And then it's just, the action flow is really muddied. Yeah. And it's hard to tell what Higuma did exactly. I kind of got the idea that because he said that and Ayaha was attacking, the demon got distracted. Enough that Higuma could use, because I'm assuming it's a different one of his hands. Yeah, it seems that way, but it's not one that's been established before. Yeah, but he has like 13 now, and I think we've only seen four. Yeah. So that... But he doesn't say what it is afterwards. And no. Like, that is was... this related to the sound moral argument thing? Like, can you argue a demon out of possessing someone? Because that sounds like a thing I want to read about. Is that but... one of his hand's powers? Yeah. That would be cool. Maybe we'll see more in next week's chapter. But yeah, I, I do I do understand what you're saying, where it, it got a little confusing. Yeah, I really like the ideas in this chapter, but the art really muddled it. And Ayaha's just kind of there, and I like Ayaha, but she's very much just like, I'm going to help, question mark? Yeah. Like I'm starting to notice, I think she's just more of a background character, unfortunately. Yeah, it's really too bad. Which brings us to Food War Chapter 300, A Pre-Meal Grace. This is an Erina chapter, which means it's great. Yep. Because Aaron is my fave. So it starts with Asahi getting the cocktail shaker from the guy that Soma and Takumi defeated. Yep. And, and he's just like, take this. Takumi's like, oh, I saved my Mezzaluna, but he's still got a weird power. Yeah, which I kind of like that. It was like, even defeating my minions fits into my grand plan. Like, you can't escape me. Yeah. So then we cut to the judge from the big tournament whose name I can't remember. The bookmaster. Oh, no, the one under oh, talking to the bookmaster. I know what you mean. And she's like, hey, are you sure, bookmaster, that this is what you want? Yeah, this then, doesn't seem right. And she's like, no, I want to get rid of anyone who I don't think is. And like, she does. Yeah, she doesn't fit. She does. She won't fit into this tournament. Yeah. Also, then we then cut to Erina, like chain cooking girls to death. And there's just a bunch of clothes explosions. Yeah. As we find out Erina has to fight food fight like 100 people. Yeah, the, so the bracket has been set up, so she has to go through, like, everyone. And she has to do it basically back to back. Yeah. Like, the bracket is super stacked against the arena, and everyone is pretty much like, that's basically cheating. And everyone's like, man, everyone would be exhausted. And Megumi's like, it's not fair at all. And someone's like, yeah, it's not fair at all. I wish I got to cook against a whole bunch of guys. How come she gets to cook against so many noir? Which yep. might be my favorite joke. In a very long time. Yeah, I did. I did really like that. That seems that honestly sounds like a very Goku thing to do. Of yeah. like, how come he gets to fight everybody? Yeah. I want to fight everybody. Yeah, exactly. So then they go rush off to the bookmaster to go complain. 
Yeah. The rest of them probably to complain about Erina and Soma, I think, is leading the charge to be like, no, I want to fight all these people. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. But Aaron is already talking to the bookmaster, who I assumed was a dude, but we find out is actually her mom. Yep, that was a reveal. Who is apparently in a contest with her father to determine who is the worst parent. Yeah, she's like, I don't care about your god tongues freakish talent. Yeah, it's like, you suck. And I was like, well, "Well, I'm going to cook everyone to death, and then you'll have to acknowledge me. If your less than year old daughter tells you that your breast milk is That's bad, I could see I could see <laughs> a little bit of resentment building there. I suppose I can see why they might not have the best relationship. On the other hand, I'm 100% sure she used a wet nurse. Oh yeah, that is probably true. She probably has great breast milk. And I was like, <laughs> you didn't even let me have that, mom. <laughs> Screw you. Yeah, so a very good chapter. Again, I'm just happy whenever we get to see Erina. But like, this is a cool reveal, and I do like that all of the villains are Erina's parents. Yes, I was gonna say I hope like her uncle shows up, but her uncle has already shown up and is a cool guy, which is why Alice is not so damaged. Yep. Which, speaking of damage, brings us to Demon Slayer chapter one hundred and forty-seven, Small Cogs. Thank you for explaining Demon Slayer last week because I would have had no idea what was going on. Yeah. This week, if you hadn't, uh, which is basically- I'm glad I got caught up. Nezuku, who is the main character's sister. I believe it's Taijiro. Uh, it was definitely Tai something. Yeah, Taijiro sounds right. Is go- undergoing a process to become human, which will deny Dracula what he wants. His name yes. is just Dracula, right? I mean, that's fine. I think it's like Muzan, but it can be Dracula because that honestly makes a ton of sense. And meanwhile, the main character is fighting Dracula. No. No? Is that not Dracula? No, that's... So there are... They're called the Upper Moons okay. of the Demons. He's number three. I gotcha. So he's... And he's fought... They've technically fought before. He actually fought one of the other pillars way, way back and okay. killed him. And when he was fighting the other pillar, the pillar was like, oh, this, this kid's strong. So that's why there was like... He was almost apologizing to him. He was like, I'm sorry that I said you were weak earlier. I realize now that you're not. Yeah. I just thought this was the main bad guy because that makes sense. It is the main character though, right? I'm right. Yeah, that was okay. the main character, the one with that the does weird make sense. You gotta scar th- on his head. You got to go through some minions first. Yeah, well, it's not just the minions. It's like he's going oh, through the minions. generals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I believe the main bad guy Muzan was that weird growth at the end of the last chapter. I think okay. that was him. That kind of makes sense. He doesn't normally look like that. Yes, like I said, kind of makes sense. Yes. Yeah, I can see Christopher Lee just turning into a giant cocoon to absorb a woman. That sounds yeah. right. Listen, I thought it was weird, too, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that. We actually haven't seen his combat capability ever. Hmm. Like, we don't know. We know he's strong enough to... He's got this weird ability to kill any demon because he can... Because he's any demon is made partly of his cells and he can control, like, all of his cells so he can murder them from the inside except for nezuko because she is different i guess he's got to have like a a weird binding thing on them in order to do it okay so he doesn't have that on nezuko so so he can't just do it he can't just do it but he can do it to the upper moon demons which has happened before okay like they have specifically they have their rank tattooed on their eyeballs sure it's a really cool way of telling you who you're fighting. Like, there's a little editor's note that says Moon 3, 
when you're finally looking at the guy that Taijiro's fighting, that, uh, that you is see his good. eyes, it says Moon 3, and it's like, that's kind of, while that sounds horrifying, that's a really cool visual way of showing who they're fighting, yeah. if you can read Japanese. Yes, <laughs> obviously. But I do like the symbolism. Yes. Which brings us to the final weekly chapter for this week, Black Clover, page 194, Outrage, which is the one you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty cool chapter of Black Clover. Honestly, I did too. I just didn't want to call Black Clover two weeks in a row. No, that's totally fine. That's why I was like, I was looking at my list being like, all right, so what do I want to call? I was hoping you would call this, to be honest. So Charmy shows up in Ask This Fight like she did last week. And he's like, Charmy, what are you doing here? And it looks like he's going to have to protect both the girls now. Yes. But she immediately gets like put on the platform with the artist mage. She just shows up there. Even asks us, like, how did you get... Because he's literally been struggling to try and make it up there. And he's like, how did Charmy make it up there with no problems? And she's like, hey, food! Well, because the artist mage is kind of... He, he's like, oh, man, it's taking a lot out of me to... And it wasn't yeah, just it was. that. He was like, I don't want to be drawing monster. He was like, I want to be drawing pretty things. Like he's having, it's almost like the real, the person he's inhabiting is kind of like fighting his way out. He's like, I don't want to be drawing monsters to hurt people. I want to draw pretty things. I want to draw beauty and art. Why am I drawing all this ugliness? And so Charmin's like, hey, you want some food? He's like, bitch, I don't want your food. And he slaps out her hands. And again, it's. Black Clover kind of muddled art, so the slap doesn't look great, but it is all on the screen. Yes. So you can figure it out. And then she gets eaten by like the sheep, which I guess is her power, but it looks like. Yeah, she can summon the. She's got. They're like. It's fluff magic. So one of the things she typically does is summons a giant sheep cook, a giant like fluffy sheep cook, and he's the one who makes the magic food. Gotcha. Although it kind of looks like it's the artist's thing eating her for a moment. Yeah. And then she comes out as a full-grown normal girl instead of a chibi anime girl. Yes. And Asta's like, what? And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And she's, uh, yes. And Mimosa, who is on Asta's head, is like, oh, she's like probably half dwarf or something. I thought it was the artist. Oh, you're right. It is the artist. It's like, you've got to be half dwarf. And she's yeah. like, and Asta's like, dwarves? And then Mimosa's like, yeah, you know, they're, they're like elves. They got talents and stuff. Yeah. They're old. Well, I, I thought it was really funny that even Charmy didn't know, and she was like, what? I'm half dwarf? Yeah. But it turns out that, like, human hybrids have multiple magical powers. So they have a chance of yeah. having, so... So and, every uh, character is what is going to have yes. two magical powers. At least the main characters. So I'm guessing this is actually her human form. Yeah, that seems that way, because, because she's normally small. She's and... normally super small, but she's actually, like, 30-something. Yeah. Like, that was the joke. That was the joke, was that she was the legal lolly. Yeah. But her in her human form, instead of a sheep, she has a wolf. And her magic is, instead of creating magic food that grants energy, she instead eats magic to give herself energy. Yeah. So she just eats all of the, like, magical paintings. Painting. It's really yep. cool. And then it ends with her beating the crap out of this guy, being like, all my food you threw away. This is for the carbs. This, this is, is for, for the, the protein. protein. And the fat. And it's very funny. And yeah. also looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there was a great reaction shot of the elf getting punched, being like, she just punched me. Why did that hurt so much? <laughs> yeah. It's very good. And that brings us to the monthly title we're reading this week, Dragon Ball Super Chapter 45, Moro's Magic. Yep. 
I thought this was pretty sweet. I was kind of wondering how the Moro fight was going to go because it seemed like they were trying to set him up as the big bad villain. And with the Saiyans not even putting up their full effort, it's like oh, we're already at the end game. It was like a couple of chapters since you introduced this guy as the villain. I mean, that's the problem with every Dragon Ball Super arc. It happens in the Broly movie as well. Yeah. And I think that's one of the few reasons I didn't super love this chapter, is this is kind of stuff we've seen before. But I do really, really like the way Moro fights. Yes. Which is basically he has planet magic, so he can like fight you with the planet. Yeah, he absorbs, he uses the planet's energy to fight you. Yeah. And, and he does that with like fists of rock and tendrils of water. Yeah. Stuff like that. It was really cool. So Vegeta's fighting this guy, and Moro starts to get the upper hand. And Vegeta's like, oh, I definitely don't have any other transformation stronger than this one. You better tell me your entire plan. Yep. Like, do you want the Dragon Balls? He's like, yes, of course. Do you know where they are? Sorry, I don't know the deets. Yep. <laughs> it's like, well, I, then I don't need to tell you that I'm going to wish for a King Piccolo wish and get all my youthful strength back so I'll be more powerful. Which is like, cool. Also, I can go Super Saiyan Blue. You're fucked. Yep. So then he starts beating up Moro, but Moro can also absorb like energy from the planet, and that includes the people on it. Yep. So the cliffhanger is he takes so much of their energy that they can't go Super Saiyan. Yep. And then like, oh no. And yeah. that's pretty much it. I'm assuming Goku's going to instant transmission yeah. them out of there, and then they, they're going to they figure something else out. Maybe something Boo-related. Possibly. Or Goku's just going to go Ultra Instinct, because getting all his energy drained seems like a thing that might trigger Ultra Instinct. Maybe. Who knows? I'll Although the Dragon Ball franchise might want to treat Ultra Instinct with some reverence right now. They might not want to throw it in this story. Totally possible. I so, have a feeling they have plans for it. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens. Because if he has the ability to absorb the things off planets, I'm wondering how the Kai that Boo ate fought Moro off. Uh, he Obviously, he just turned it all into candy. And then it was worthless. To, it just made him fat. And it was worthless carbs that expired immediately well is it that, that is that the kai's power no, or is that boo's power? power yeah i'm just kidding although it seems like it is kind of related to the kai because we never see kid boo do that i don't think yeah so maybe maybe that was the i don't that is a joke that is not my theory but hey maybe maybe that's it's how not he did possible it. Uh, or vegeta and goku are just gonna fuse They're like hey did you see that movie where we fused yeah maybe that's gonna happen we'll see how it goes but it at least seems like this isn't going to be the ultimate fight. I honestly feel like they're going to back off and regroup. Probably. And so we'll have more chances of a fight later so that this arc doesn't end in two chapters. Or I mean, like and that's three chapters. That's the normal view of a Dragon Ball arc, right? They fight the bad guy. They get their butts kicked. Yeah. They get more powerful. The bad guy gets more powerful. They get more powerful. Tien shows up for a minute to hold him off. Piccolo's like, we have to do something. And then <laughs> they win. Yeah. So speaking of winnings, you can find out which chapters won and which chapters lost the battle to be our favorites in our next segment, Jump Card.
Jump Card is the segment where we rank all the chapters we read from our least favorite to our most favorite, and Kevin always puts Neolation on the bottom. Kevin, what do you have at number 15 today? Surprising no one, Neolation. Ah. Uh, I was kind of liking it until... <laughs> until Neo did anything? Until Neo did anything, and it was like, oh, what's this guy's superpower? Oh, he hacked the Andy Lock brake system on his car. That... That's not that hard to do. That's something that I know someone who does that for his racing. Like, that's not a superpower. Why does that make this guy the beast mode? I thought he was going to do something cool with gambling. And instead, I was like, nah, he just hacked the analog brake system so that he can drift. He's like, surprise, this is Fast and the Furious 3 in Japan. Well, and specifically, drifting does not actually help you go faster yeah. on races like that. Like if it was a standard downhill race, drifting whatnot, when he says, oh, you you can take the turns without having to slow down, that's not true. You just get to take them more stylishly. So there are certain there are certainly courses that are set up in such a way that drifting is the most effective way to do it. But this was a course set up to be racing thing. So slowing down to turn and then accelerating would get do you more than drifting through because you can't accelerate after you've completed the turn very well, because you have to keep drifting until you go straight again. My number 15 was Haikyuu. Yeah. I just didn't super care for it. I feel kind of lost. At least we're not getting random like life advice anymore. Yeah, but now we seem to be following a completely different team, so I'm I'm super lost. I'm like, yeah. wait. I was like, were these the main characters all wrong? Because I think these the are promotion the main- is like acting that way. I think these are the main characters, and so we jumped in following a <laughs> secondary team that is probably the rivals, maybe, yeah. and the, like the they're gonna goal the they're going to meet in the finals kind of thing. I think the short guy on the team currently is the guy that's on the cover. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's him. So I think this yeah. is the main team, and I now think I'm so just too. now I'm just very confused and upended. Is that your fourteen or no? My fourteen was actually Act Age. Because, so I was kind of interested with the, so the guy's trying to bill the main character as a tragic actress, and she's like, no, I'm a triumphant actress, and she faints from all the, he throws a bunch of money at her, which, I mean, if somebody threw, like, even if those were $1 bills, it was like 100 bucks that he just hurled at her. I do like it, later he picks it up, and like, this money is not fake, though, so I am taking it back. Yep. But it was right at the end where it was like, all right, yeah, so we, she's become this triumphant actress. Now she needs to be a regular teen. Wait, wait what? Where's I, this series going? I assume it's just transitioning into school life. So I, Possibly. I also get the feeling that this is probably a part of the manga that's been there before. It's just not the main focus. Totally possible, because they were mentioning that, oh, this play ran for a couple more weeks. I was like, was that girl even in the play? Like, what's what's going on? So I, I, that's just that the turn at the end confused me. So I didn't like this as much. All right. So my number 14 was Neolation. Because while hacking the anti-lock brakes is dumb, the fact that Neo can hack the anti-lock brakes while they're driving is also dumb. But I love Gundam Seed so much, I can't hate it. Yeah. That's the only reason it got above Haikyuu. So Haikyuu was 13 for me because, like we talked about, just very confused as to what's going on. And it was just still just kind of boring. Yeah, boring is probably the bigger reason it got so low for me, but the confusion didn't help. It probably would have been less boring if I like, so we have those two people who are watching TV through the window and notice that like, oh, my my friend is in the quarterfinals. I was like, well, if I knew who these people were, I might be 
slightly more excited to see them on screen. Yeah. But I don't, so just two random people reacting to a character that I don't know. Yeah, uh, speaking of reacting to characters I don't know, my number 13 is Hell's Paradise, Gio Karashi. Because there was some stuff in here I liked. Like, there's the sister-brother thing, and the brother is the guy who lost his memories, I guess. And he goes to kill himself, but again, I just felt really lost in what was going on. It's a real shame we skipped the week of the chapter I really like this series. Yeah. So my number 12 was Hell's Paradise for a lot of the same reasons. It was still kind of cool. I liked the fact that the guy who lost his memory is like, no, I need to empty my mind even more. And now I lit myself on fire and I'm using these cool ninja techniques to basically overload this guy's healing factor. And then there was some backstory stuff about the guy isn't actually immortal. He's just got this ridiculous Tao power that he didn't earn through training. So there's some drawback to it. Because he didn't earn it, he was, like, granted it or something like that. It's When I get some more free time, I'll probably read through Hell's Paradise. Because I'm kind of interested as to what's going on. And because it's also one of those ones that's not... It's only, like, what was this, chapter 40-something? A hundred and... Uh, no, no. Not, I don't remember. But yeah, it's not that high. It, yeah, it wasn't super high. So this is something that I could jump into as opposed to Haikyuu, where I'm like, I probably don't want to read 300 chapters of Haikyuu. I mean, maybe... But not at the moment. Hell's Paradise is a really interesting tone. Yeah. but And we've liked some of the chapters before, even going like, I probably would have liked it more if I knew who any of these characters were. Yeah. So. But, like, the villains just kind of showing up and be like, we fight now, really. Yeah. Kind of threw me off. My number 12 is Act Age. I think I just liked it a little bit more than you. I like the same bits you did with, like, really the character just getting to express herself. Yeah. Really, the main reason that it went low for me was that thing at the end, and I just kind of got confused. I mean, that's the cliffhanger. It's supposed to be it's going, oh, what next? Which, it's not a great cliffhanger. No, fair, but, but I understand the what's next, but you generally don't want your cliffhanger ending making your readers go, wait, what? <laughs> I Like I said, I assume that this is something she's dealt with before, like balancing school and acting. Yep. All right, so... For my number 11, this is when I get into the block of, I really liked the chapters up at the top here. Like I said, I even kind of liked some of these other ones, but the top gets a little muddled into, I was just kind of throwing stuff around. So my number 11 is Chainsaw Man, because I thought there was some kind of cute moments in this, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I'm in a very similar block where a lot of this stuff is like, I, well, actually, it's a little higher because my number 11 is Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaibo. And we talked about this chapter in depth, but really like the One Piece chapter, I felt like just kind of nothing happened. And there was a lot of, oh, I know who this person is because Kevin told me. So that feels good. But yeah, nothing really felt like it was advancing. Versus I like Demon Slayer more because because I know who all the characters were. I know that stuff actually is advancing. Like, it's nice to see that Neza is doing this transformation to becoming human. This is the first time that we're actually seeing that. Like, she was given... It wasn't that she was given the medicine. They, like, mentioned it. Gotcha. And now we're seeing it Six on chapters ago or ten chapters ago, something like that, and now we're seeing it. And this fight between the Upper Moon 3 and Taijiro is going to be sweet. Yeah, but it's not yet. No, it's not yet. But the fact that he cut off his arm... When he said, so the first time he fought him, he wasn't able to cut that guy at all. 
Yeah. Like, he went to go cut off his neck, and he literally just blocked it with his arm and didn't get through. So he's like, if I can't cut through his arm, I can't cut through his neck. So I need to see if I'm able to fight this guy. And he's like, now that I am, we can have a duel. Yeah. That, I understand that's pretty cool, but it just felt like a chapter with kind of nothing. Yeah. Out. But I, I guess it is a payoff from stuff earlier. Yeah. I So that's just why I liked it a little bit more. My number 10 was Dr. Stone. Again, this was the block of stuff that I really liked. It was kind of hard to say which ones I liked more. Like if I were to, even though I'm giving these rankings, these top 11, or at least the top like 11 through five or six, something like that are really close together. And maybe one little thing made me like this slightly more than the other. And I think honestly for Dr. Stone, even though I liked the turn at the end, it was just the sudden motorboat, sudden radio tower, <laughs> sudden oil. Like that, just those. All right, so we found oil, then a motorboat, then a radio tower. And now we have GPS. Wait, what? That wow. My number ten was One Piece, pretty much for the same reasons as Demon Slayer. I just kind of felt like it was a nothing chapter mm-hmm. that was spinning its wheels. The jokes were funny though, which is why it went above Demon Slayer for me. Gotcha. But it didn't do much for me. So my number nine was Jujutsu Kaisen. So we have. The main character, who I still can't remember his name. I can remember the demon inhabiting his name, but not his name. Has apparently mastered, uh, or at least managed to use a new technique, which involves ripping a hole in space-time to increase the power of his attacks, which sounds awesome. So I'm excited to see how that pans out. But it just kind of fell a little bit down the list, just kind of because. Like, I still liked this chapter. We got to see Panda again. That's nice. I yeah. like Panda. I also put Jujutsu Kaisen at number nine because of the like super anime ending of explaining how this technique works. Yeah. And him doing it correctly. Yeah. Like, I'm not super into Jujutsu Kaisen. And again, this is kind of stuff that was just kind of okay for me. But that is the sort of stuff I really like in uh, shonen manga and anime. So I feel like I had to give it a pretty decent spot just for that. Yeah. We also have the main character's friend, the big burly guy is when he shows up to fight the demon is like, all right, I'm not going to help you until you show me that you've mastered this new technique, which is another kind of anime thing of, all right, time to get forged in the crucible of battle, so I'm not going to help you until you do the thing that you've been telling me that you're going to do. Yeah. So my number eight was Hellwarden, because like you said, it got a little muddy in certain places. My eight was also Hellwarden. Yeah. but I, I really s- like all the ideas in there. Yeah. I just think the art really muddles the storytelling. And Ayaha just stands on the sidelines, and I'm sad about it. That was very disappointing. Although, again, I am liking Higuma more, so at least there's that. Yeah, so it's not like the main character is nothing anymore, but I hope there's more Ayaha, and she doesn't get the Yamcha treatment. Yeah. So my number seven was Black Clover, because, like I said, I did actually really like this chapter of Black Clover. I thought it was pretty interesting. I really liked the... Charmy's reaction to the elf being like, oh, you must be a you must be a dwarf elf hybrid. And she's like, I'm a what? Like, yeah. even she had no idea. And the change in her magic was pretty cool. That dichotomy of so initially she was the soft, fluffy person who makes magic food that heals you. But like and, the, the making food versus eating magic. Yeah. Is a real cool flip. Yeah, that was a really that was a really sweet flip. And I did really like the art panel of the wolf eating all of the magic paintings that the one guy had done mm-hmm. and it just like streaming into its mouth was awesome. My number seven is chainsaw man because basically I didn't think it was a great chapter, but it didn't have the muddling that Hellward and Higuma had. Gotcha. And it is at least moving things along. I'm hoping we can end this boob touching side plot now. Finally. 
It'll happen in the next chapter. Yeah, I know. And I'm still now I'm expecting Makima to show up to give him another assignment. Silly, silly goal. Like I want to hold her hand now. Yeah. Or something like that. I agree. So my number six was Demon Slayer. I'm really excited to see some of the battles going on. And I just kind of liked this chapter. I like the start of the fight with Taijiro and the Upper Moon 3. And the guy that was with him was the Demon Slayer that found him initially when his family had been attacked. So that's why he was like, wow, when I first met this kid, he was a sniveling mess and couldn't do anything. And now here he is, like a couple years later, fighting an Upper Demon Moon. I never would have seen this coming. Yeah. My number six is Dragon Ball Super. I feel like it's very rote for Dragon Ball. This villain wants the Dragon Balls to wish to be to have his former power back, and they got to stop him. But the stuff with the planet fighting Vegeta is yes. all really, really cool. Yeah, so. so my number five was Dragon Ball for a lot of the same reasons. The other thing that I really liked about Moro's tactics was his tactic specifically targets the fact that the Z fighters tend to stall and like constant like slowly power up through all of their fights not taking them super seriously and he was like i've been draining your energy the whole time so your tactic of not going all 100 percent right at the start has screwed you i would have liked that a lot more if moro somehow knew that was their tactic where yeah. it's like it's kind of a coincidence that he counters them yeah like you said it would have been nicer if he had known that but since he had no idea who they were that would have been difficult to do maybe just an internal monologue tick of like huh, he's only he's powered up three times. Why hasn't he immediately gone to his most powerful form? Yeah. But still, I like the fact that he's kind of punishing their hubris for go 100% at the start of the battle. Don't, all right, I'm going to start off with 8% of my power. Now yeah. 16. <laughs> the good old Frieza move. Number five is where I start to really like the chapters that we're doing. I go from, this was pretty okay, to, ah, oh, this was cool. And my number five is Dr. Stone. The sudden motorboat and sudden radio tower didn't really bug me because they just were needed to move the story along. Yeah. And that cliffhanger really has me excited for what's going on. It came out of nowhere, but not so out of nowhere it feels unearned. No, because it it's possibly something that caused the petrification. Yeah. So And it like gets you thinking, oh, what is this? Is is this just someone else? Is this the cause of the petrification? Is this something else? Yeah. And I know I've been stressing this a lot, but that's why my last couple of things, like even though Dr. Stone was at nine or 10 or whatever it was, I still really liked it. So I can see why you liked it as well. I just had those couple of things that bothered me. Yeah. My number four was We Never Learn. I hey, this was, guess who's number four was We Never Learn. I thought it was a pretty cute chapter. I definitely liked the cliffhanger at the end, uh, especially the role reversal of Yugi Sensei asking him, like, I don't know what to do. And the whole turnaround on the head of, hey, you should uh, come back to figure skating and give her the stupid teaching dream after she basically said, hey, you should go back to looking for that scholarship and give up the stupid teaching dream. Yeah. Oh. It's really that echo that I really, really like. Yeah, that was really good. So I just, (laughs) I blinked a second and was like, oh, yeah, you said you're number four, too. Yeah. So my number three was One Piece. I liked this chapter of One Piece. It was a little bit all over the place, but I tend to read... A lot of books that follow multiple characters. I mean, I do too, but when it comes to like a manga chapter or even a book chapter to a lesser degree, I want it to focus on one thing that's going on. Yeah, that's that's usually weird, but I feel like they're setting up for like I liked the jokes and I guess I'm I'm just more used to 
following a couple of different storylines at once. Not that I'm more used to following a couple of different storylines at once, but it didn't bother me that it wasn't super focused. It's not even that it wasn't focused. I feel like we didn't get any new information that's important at any of the points. Like we're kind of setting up the Zoro battle cry thing. And the Zoro battle cry thing. Funeral. Kid. Uh, I guess kid, kid escaped. escaped. But like we could have just seen kid escape. You yeah. Know? And I get that too, but I still liked it more. What was your number three? Mine was the Promised Neverland, which again, it's really, really good stuff. I really like the like tense beat to comic beat to tense beat mm-hmm. pacing it has, and them like drilling into Emma's doubts and getting super intense at her. Yep, I really like. I like you said Promised Neverland is at the top of its game right now. Yep. So my number two was Food Wars. I really liked the reveal of the Bookmaster being Arena's mom. I just like you. I think it's funny that all of the villains for the longest time have been. Arena's parents. I mean, I guess it's only kind of two arcs, and arguably Soma's half brother by adoption is the villain here. But yeah, I do really like that reveal. And Aaron is my favorite character. Food Wars is also my number two. So just seeing her like chain declothing women with her food as so it's just this page of woman after woman exploding. Yes, that That's was really great. That was really great. And I like we talked about. I really like Soma being like, I can't yeah. believe that she gets to fight all these people. I want to fight all these people. Yeah, everybody be like, oh, this is so unfair. And Soma just completely flipping him like, yeah, what does she get all the luck? Yep. That was great. Super good. So my number one was The Promised Neverland. Really solid chapter. Really liked, like you said, the tonal flips. And I really like the fact that even though Ray and Emma, or Ray was kind of like, hey, listen, you need to not hold these feelings in. We need to go talk with Norman and hash this out so that we're not going to have something stupid happen in the middle of the planet and ruin it. And he was like very rational. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's gone already. Sorry, you can't take it back now. Damn it. My number one is Black Clover. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was surprised too. But the art all really worked in this one. And like I said, that like power flip of creating food versus eating magic is really cool. Yeah. The half dwarf thing is kind of out of nowhere, but also it fits into like the weird Western influence. Yeah, but it's it's... on Black Clover. Like there's a weird Tolkien influence on Black Clover. Yes. Listen. That was out of left field for somebody who's read all of Black Clover. Yeah. So, but it's like it also fits. Yes, it doesn't come out of nowhere. And also the like battle cry at the end, like this is for the carbs. Yeah, that's like super funny and like it's a cool use of this character. So, yeah, I really liked it. I like I said, I would like the last two weeks Black Clover to just be how Black Clover is. That would be cool. Yeah. All right, so that about does it for Shonen Jump this week. So we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about Yona of the Dawn. So this week we read Yona of the Dawn by Mizuhu Kusanagi, who I hope I pronounced the same way twice. I'm pretty sure that's her name. I know Kusanagi. Yeah, hopefully we got the pronunciation right. This is what you suggested, Kevin, just because you Googled romance manga, right? Basically, yes. It's a pretty recent published date, right? It definitely looked recent. It's fairly recent, yeah. She talks about starting a blog in 2009, so. Yeah, and she's done, like, 
two or three other titles before this? Yeah, it was actually very similar to uh, Orin High School Host Club in the way it was published with lots of like asides and letters from the author throughout. Yeah. I think they were published in the same magazine originally, and so there's just totally possible. extra space on certain pages that needs to be filled in on the volumes. So what did you think? I I kind of liked this. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it fairly well as well. I feel like this volume is kind of awkwardly paced. I feel like monthly this probably read a lot better because I really like the start and I do like where it's going, but the ending chapters are kind of, I think, at a weak point. Yeah, I feel like if it had gone one more chapter as the volume, it would have made a bit more sense. Yeah, I feel like there would have been a lot more of an arc. Yeah, because like the first chapter hooks you. Yes. And then the next chapter is like stuff's happening, but it doesn't. I feel like the next chapter is kind of the status quo setup. Yeah, I I meant the like the ending chapters. Like gotcha. they kind of don't. They take, take a it. lot of the character's personality away, and that's yeah. for reasons that make sense. But since we don't get to see her really get it back this volume, yeah, it just feels really weird. Yeah, I think we'll talk about that more when we get to personality power level, though. So Yona is the princess of. Does the kingdom have a name? I did not write it down. It probably does, but I can't remember it. I'm not sure if they ever say. But anyway, her mom was recently killed by traitors. Yes. And her dad is this kindly king who doesn't like weapons. So she has a bodyguard named Hawk, who is one of the five generals of the realm. He's 18, and he grew up with her. Yes. No prizes for guessing where this is going. And her 16th birthday is approaching, and it's going to be a big celebration. So her cousin, Suwon, who's three years older than her and grew up with her and Hawk, is coming to visit. Yep. And she is super, super into Suwon. Yes. She's like, oh, my hair looks awful. I have a pretty face, but my hair looks awful. Suwon isn't going to like this at all. She spends all day, like, perfuming her clothes and putting on the nicest things she can. Yep. Well, and one of the reasons that she's really into Suwon, uh, not just because he's pretty, but because when her mom died, he was like, well, I'll be your mom for you. I'll hold your hand when you're sleeping, and I'll do all this stuff that, like, I'll... I'll do all this mom stuff for you or to you doesn't sound right, but I'll do all this mom stuff for you. Like making sure you're fed. Yeah. To make sure that you're doing okay. And so that's another one of the reasons that she really attached herself to him. But when he gets there, he treats her like a kid. Yeah. Just like patting her head and like, Hey, good job. And she's like, Oh, he still sees me as a kid. Yeah. And she's like, and then they end up like riding horses together. She wants to practice archery, but her dad won't let her practice with any weapons yep he's basically like i indulge all your quests but not weapons that's not cool so she ends up horse riding with him and hawk and he's like and someone's like yeah i even got like a bunch of marriage proposals and stuff and she's like well yeah so so did i yeah and he's like like, oh really she's like yeah from like hawk and he's she's like oh my god why did i say that yes dumb lie and someone's like oh okay i won't get in your guys way i hope you guys are happy together and she's like, no, no, god damn it, this was not the plan. Yep. So then one night, there's like a stranger kind of wandering the place, and she thinks it might be the person who killed her mom, so she's running away. Yeah, because her dad, people have really been talking about the fact that she's not totally safe, like traitors have attacked the royal family before. Yeah, and she sa- tells her dad she wants to marry Suwon, but he's like, no, you can't, because the person you marry like might be in danger, like my wife was yep so no you can't marry him and also they'll rule the country and he would be a good ruler but he would be in too much danger 
Yeah. So it'll be someone else. But anyway, while she's being traced by the stranger, Suwon finds her and is like, hey, what are you doing out here? And she makes him stay with her. Yeah, and she kind of gets him to admit that he does act. He's purposely thinking of her as a kid so that he doesn't think of her as a woman. Yeah. Because he gets kind of embarrassed of like, I can't think of you as a woman. I have to think of you as a kid. Otherwise, my thoughts go inappropriate places. Yeah. And also, like, I can't talk to women. I'm bad at it. I'm a teenager. What do you want from me? So then the day of her birthday comes. Subon gives her a a hairpin. Is like, yeah, I think your hair is super pretty. Yeah, it's like the dawn because she has red hair. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's like the first rays of light coming off the dawn. And she's super into that. And then everyone gets super drunk at a 16-year-old's birthday party. I think it was mainly just her. She was mentioning that her dad got super drunk. It seems like it's everyone because I feel like that's how what happens happens. And Hawk's like, so you want to go see Suwon? And she's like, kind of. He's like, okay, I won't get out of your way. I'm going to keep an eye. There's some suspicious people. I'm going to keep an eye on them. As long as you're with him, you'll be fine. Yep. And so she's like, no, I'm going to go to my dad and insist that I should be able to marry him. I'm sure if I explain it, he'll understand. Yep. And as soon as she goes in, she sees Suwon killing her dad. Yes. Who is very dead. And that's where chapter one ends. It's a nice place. Yeah. That's uh, that's a pretty good hook there yeah. right at the end. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, I killed your father. Yeah. Whoa. So she's having a mental breakdown. Meanwhile, we see Hawk has one minion friend named Minsu. He's like, hey, something's up. He's like, yeah, no. So Sonu is like, yeah, no, don't worry about it. He just, uh, he killed my dad. People all think he's this gentle, nice guy. Yeah. And my dad is older. He was supposed to be king, but he was like, nah, I should be general. Your dad can be king. I need to fight dudes. Well, no, it was the old emperor or the old king or whatever was like, no, no, the younger brother should be king. And he was like, my dad was cool with it. Yeah. Well, we even see his dad like being like, it seems like almost it's his dad's idea when he says it. Yeah. From what little we know about the dad, it seems like he would spin it that way anyway. Yeah. But he's like, then your dad killed my dad anyway. So I've been dreaming of the day I get to kill your dad since then. Yep. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I didn't. What are you doing in your dad's room? Like, you, also, you never come visit your dad. What are you doing here? He's like, also, yeah, you're never awake at night and you never come visit your dad. So you weren't supposed to see this. Yep. But then a bunch of Suwon's guards or castle guards that he's. Soldiers so, is the way I think of them. Yeah. Whoever, whoever like, they are, they're on his side. They're like, hey, you should probably kill her too now. No, like, not just you have to kill her. Like, did he's like, did she see what you did? Yes. Well, then she has to die. He's like, also, probably be good for her. Like, she's going to be messed up after this. Yep. Probably for the best, really. But she somehow escapes. Yeah. Well, she just runs away. I feel like he's distracted. Yeah, but the guards came in through the door. Does I mean, I realize this is Japan. Does she like... I think she was on a window. That's uh, definitely the the implication I got. So they're chasing her, but Hawk shows up to save her. And there's some pretty good action scenes in this, actually. Yeah. They're not the best I've ever seen, but they all flow right. And there's some good impact. Mm -hmm. Especially Hawk gets a slice on Sunwoo's neck. Yeah. That looks really good. They beat up with... Minsu, Hawk's dude, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go pretend to be a girl and run around." So you guys, well, he takes he takes Yona's like cloak or gown or whatever, some kind of outer garment, so to pretend to be her. And then we see him get shot in the back by an arrow and die. Yeah, and they escape to the mountains. Yes, once it's like, "Eh, it's fine. Yeah, they won't be able to come back, so we don't need to worry about them. Yeah, and it's not that we don't need to worry about them; it's like we don't need to worry about them right now. 
So then we get some flashbacks to Hawk growing up and how basically he was adopted by the general of the wind and there are five tribes. Yep. And he always felt super awkward around Yona because she would be very hot and cold towards him. Basically, she'd always do something to upset him and send him away and then apologize later. Yeah, and be really nice about it. And he's like, I just can't get a read on her. Yeah. And the king asks him to be her bodyguard, but he's like, no, I can't get a read on her. Also, I hate noble people because I'm a commoner and stuff. Yeah. Also, don't you hate weapons? Shouldn't you have shouldn't you have a bodyguard? Shouldn't that... he be like a monk class yeah. so he can beat people up without weapons? You need a Goku, not a hawk. Yes. Uh, I just thought it was interesting that it was like, I hate weapons. It was like, do you hate violence or specifically weapons? So like the dude who can murder people with his fist, that's totally fine. But as long as he has not registered his fists as a lethal weapon. Okay. <laughs> so he's only got a couple levels of monk yeah. so that they're not classified as uh, magic weapons. Exactly. But anyway, one of the son of the like fire tribe general keeps making moves on her. Yep. And so Hawk finally like can't like deal with it anymore and he goes up and he pretends they're engaged and he's her guard. Yep. And so the dad's like, ah, so you will be her guard. <laughs> yeah. It's like I have tricked you. Well, and there was also that during that sequence, the fire clan general's son starts to pull his sword, but the king grabs it, like grabs the blade and be like, No, 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 none of that. And then during that whole thing, he's hiding the fact that his hand is bleeding behind his back. Yeah. And that's when Hawk is like, the king always call him, he uses the term bubbly. Yeah. But he's like, they tend to call him a coward, but he's not a coward just because he doesn't like weapons. Yeah. Also, we found out earlier that Hawk was like kind of shipping Yona and Sue Won. Yes. He's always like, yeah, they should be happy together. It'll be fine. Well, because she she probably talked to him about how much she liked him. That's almost certainly true. So then, because most of this series now takes place in flashbacks, chapter four is this, it's revealed to be a dream, but I'm pretty sure it is a dream of stuff that actually happened until the very end. Of this time, the three of them got sick. Yeah. And all slept together, and Wonsu was very, very bisexual. Yes. And he's like, oh, no, we should all sleep together holding hands. Good. It'll be fine. That's how people should sleep, right? Yes. And Yuna's like, yes. And Hawk is like, no. Yeah. And we also see both of their dads again. Yona's dad makes some stew. And so it's Nyu's, terrible, but. But she likes it because her dad made it. So Yuna's yes. dad comes like, you must slaughter this illness. Yes. <laughs> Defeat it quickly and come back victorious. Well, and they note the fact <laughs> that, so Suwon's dad is like that of... Ah, so no paltry illness can defeat me. I would just slaughter it, and you should do so as well. But Suwon's always just, like, easygoing and carefree. He's like, yeah, I can totally do that. Yeah. And then it ends with Yona seeing her dad murdered again because it's a dream. Yep. But I'm pretty sure we're supposed to think all that happened, because otherwise the chapter is pointless. Then we get to the part I was talking about where the last chapter, Yona's just kind of in full PTSD. And I get it, but... She's just kind of like a doll. And we got these three weird chapters where she kind of didn't do anything. And Hawk literally mentioned she's like, she's literally just like a doll. I tell her to go somewhere and she does it. Yeah. And she ends up taking a bath and gets covered in leeches and she runs up to him completely naked. And he's like, usually she would hit me, but she's just like, what do I do? Leeches. Yep. She loses the hairpin that So Woon gave her and he sees it and picks up. It's like, man, she still had this. And they have to, like, move along, but she ends up going back for it because she doesn't know he has it. Yep. 
And so oh. she gets surrounded by snakes. Yeah, and he's like, oh, no, snakes. And he fights them and gets bit. But he's like, I'm fine. I'm a big fighter, dude. I have a Counter- fight fort safe. Yeah, I know how to counteract <laughs> snake venom. And so it ends with them going to the city of wind because that's where Hawk's from. And like I said, I really like the start of this. And I have a feeling if I read, like you said, one more chapter, I would be pretty into it. I do want to continue with this, but I feel like this volume leaves off in a really weak place. It does really leave off in a really weak place. One thing, he does give the hairpin back to her after she goes wandering and he kind of chides her for it. Like, really? This is the hairpin that he gave you, right? How can you still be holding on to this? And it's really just the fact that she's trying to hold on to the Suwon who gave her the hairpin and was super nice and is trying to not think about the Suwon who murdered her father. Yeah. But yeah, I think one more chapter, and not that I've seen the next chapter, but I think one more chapter would have done this a lot of good. Like maybe them arriving at the village and then, all right, and here's the start to the next arc. Like, cool, that would be the place to end the volume, not we got bit by snakes, now we're going to go this way. And she has so much personality at the start. She's so fiery and go-getty. Yes. And I understand this is supposed to be contrast, but it makes it seem like that's what her character is going to be for the series, which would be awful. And there's lots of stuff like the cover in particular, but also her father's foreshadowing about not letting her use weapons that makes it seem like she's going to learn to fend for herself. Yeah. And that's what I want for this character. So I understand why we need this beat, but having so many flashbacks right before it puts it in a real awkward spot. Yeah, I would have really liked because I do think that she is actually a fighter and learns to defend herself like that was one of the things that I picked up on was it wasn't just a, a romance even though it is a romance manga, it's very Inuyasha or Fushigi Yugi. Yeah, inspired with lots of the fantasy elements. Yeah, so I think one more chapter with her, even if she doesn't completely break out of the PTSD, if she as long like, as she's like making progress, making progress as opposed to like, all right, so she's essentially dead. Why did you choose to end the vol? I mean, he probably didn't choose to end the volume there. Yeah, but she I was just writing every yeah. month, the month, and that's where five came out. Yep. But it doesn't feel as tactical as some of the Shonen Jump volumes do. Although Shonen Jump is the top of the game. Yep. So anything else you want to say about Yona of the Dawn? Again, I really like the concept and I want to like this character. I do at first a lot. I think she's going to suffer on personality power level a little bit, but she's ripe for like a big comeback if we come back to this series, which is something I'd be interested in doing. Yeah, I do want to come back to this series. I also am going to try and watch. There's an anime for this, apparently. That's on Crunchyroll, so... That's already added to my list because I was thinking about since I tend to edit in clips of the anime intro for when we do the volume ones. I was like, oh, I wonder what song I can use. In- oh, oh, there's actually Yona of the Dawn anime. Perfect. So I figured I'd try and watch that and get more of a feel for this because I feel like uh, if I watch three episodes, I'll probably be into volume three at this pace. <laughs> Maybe not that far. You'd be at least volume two, though. Yeah. All right, so if that's all we have to say about this, it's time for Personality Power Level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality Power Level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. The best manga character is Uzuki Midoriya from My Hero Academia, which is very good. Yep. The worst on our list so far is Haruhi Fujioka down at number 18 from Arun High School Host Club. I feel like we should read volume two of that if just to give her another chance. Yeah, which I'm totally fine with. Apparently, it's supposed to be pretty good, and we I've were only starting heard good things about. We it, were so. starting to like the end, sort of. So maybe it's just one of the cases of it just kind of has not a rough start, but not something that we were super interested in at the start, and then it picks up later. 
Uh, the midpoint is Anise Murphy from Cypher, who I think is a good starting point because she's also a kind of romance yeah. manga heroine. I like Yona a bit more than Anise. It might just be the fantasy stuff. Yeah, I do. So at the beginning, when she actually has yeah, a Yeah, at the beginning, she I thought she was going to score very, very high. Like, at the beginning, I was ready to start with, like, a Minako Aino, who's number two on the list. Yeah. But, that, like I said, she gets real weak near the end of it, like, as a character. And, again, I like that as a beat, but... Yeah. It just, it was weird to end the volume on that. Beat. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I do like her more than Anise, because she's really fiery. She, I like the fact that when he was like, oh, yeah, I've gotten marriage proposals. He's like, oh, yeah, well, Hawk proposed to me. We're totally engaged. Yeah, that's a good lie to tell Suwon right now <laughs> when I'm yeah. trying to get him to notice me as a woman. Yeah. So right above Anise, we have Case Aranuma from Kiss Him, Not Me. And I kind of personally think she might go right between them. What do you think? Yeah, I could see that. I'm hoping that Yona picks up more and becomes more of a... Because I think she actually does learn how to defend herself. So I hope she picks up after the PTSD thing and becomes stronger. But Me too. As of right now, I could see the I could see her going there. Yeah. Do you remember her last name? Because I don't. No. So Princess Yona, no last name, will go at number nine, above Anise Murphy and below Case Aranuma. And again, if we come back to this, and I think we will, because I'm interested. Yep. I have a feeling she's going to go higher. Yeah. But before we come back to this, what are we going to read next week, Kevin? Because next month is the month I'm dreading. Yep. So next month, we're finally getting I guess, into... which is this month, March. Yes. We're getting into Isekai, which is one of my favorite tropes. And Jeremy isekai. Jeremy hates hate it. it. so much. So we're going to get into... This is basically the thing that really got me into it. Like, I liked Sword Art Online when I was watching it. But we're going to get into Overlord. Overlord was the anime series that got me reading light novels, believe it or not. That was how much I liked it. So it got me to finally get over the hump and start deciding to help support these authors even more by picking up the light novels. So that'll be next week. All right. So we will see you next week. In the meantime, www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can leave comments if you like or see the link to our Discord which is the easiest way to talk to us if you would like. There's also the personality power level list there if you would like to see it, as well as my other two podcasts, Last Time on Video Games. This week, we just did an episode on Max Payne, which I think is a pretty funny one, as well as It's a Gundam, our episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast, which just got to War for Two, another excellent episode. If you like the show, uh, please give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or just tell a friend about it. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emeritt. Other music is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. Kevin, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, so I actually just recently saw that Demon Slayer has a trailer out. So that's going to be dropping sometime in April, which is coming up pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. Sounds good to me, and we will look forward to having you all hear us next week.
Gotta stop.